0: Hello, this is Travis Smith. Welcome to this episode of Integral, a Foster & Foster podcast. Today's episode focuses on a case study where I will talk to Brad Heinrichs, our chief executive officer, about some of the great work we did in the state of Florida to help defend the pensions for all of the state workers. Enjoy the episode. Today's guest is Brad Heinrichs, the CEO of Foster & Foster. In addition to running Foster & Foster, Brad is also a pension actuary who is a fellow of the Society of Actuaries and an enrolled actuary. Brad has over 20 years experience as a pension actuary helping clients solve challenges associated with retirement benefit plans. Brad, welcome. Please take a minute to tell our audience a little more, a little bit more about your experience as a pension actuary.
1: Okay, so I am f- currently 46 years old. I started Um, as a pension actuary out of college, uh, worked for a a large uh, actuarial consulting firm who specialized in providing um, actuarial consulting services to corporations. Mm -hmm. I was given the, after getting sick of that in in eight or nine years and uh, building up my ego through that time, I started to feel like um, I had all the answers and that I could take on the world and so I came to Florida to take on Foster and & Foster and uh, have been sort of running this program since 2005. Um, my experience in Florida and you know, since 2005 has been focused more on, on, not on Fortune 50 corporations, but rather organizations that are all out for the greater good. A majority of my experience is in, in police, fire. Municipal pensions, um, but also our firm works for trade organizations, Taft Hartley organizations, unions, uh, f- faith-based organizations, um, what have you. Um, anybody that's out there trying to help help communities, uh, we, we tend to to gravitate towards as, as clients, and, and these clients gravitate towards us. Um, but but yes, I've I've gotten all of my all of the the, the credentials that an actuary. Can obtain um, in my twenties, and since that time, I've I've been trying to make up for lost time that I spent studying for exams in my twenties, uh, consulting and having some fun um, since then. So uh, there's there's a little, at least a little bit about my background.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Brad. Uh, today's specific topic focuses on Foster and Foster's sort of continuous fight to educate, inform, and advocate for defined benefit pension plans. Can you talk about why we work so hard at Foster & Foster to advocate for these types of plans for our clients and really anyone who's participating in these plans?
1: Well, I'm the the son of two teachers, two educators. Um, so I probably have the education gene in me, but I also have that same gene that appreciates getting a pension. Uh, my parents are retired and they're part of the Missouri State Employee Retirement System they get a pension from that from that uh, organization and uh, talk every month about how great it is to have a pension. I learned early on that having a pension is important. Um, when I started to work for a bigger the, the big actuarial firm that was focused on Fortune 50 companies, the focus was usually on pairing back pensions for the rank and file and the the, the middle class and strengthening the pensions for the C-suite executives. And that rode me the wrong way. And so when I got the opportunity to start working for the middle class from where I came from <laughs> and, and helping out those that protect us and those that serve us as a community, um, that really rang true to me and that mission rang true to me. And, and I can't imagine having uh, or asking someone who's trying to keep me safe at night Or going into a burning building to 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 carry me out, I can't imagine that person having a 401k and not having something that would that would be there for the person's spouse or family if for for some horrible reason or tragedy they weren't able to make it out in time. And so, in addition to pensions just being the most efficient way of providing for retirement, I think that they should be a fundamental right. Um, for municipal workers, public safety, teachers, um, to have you know, it, due to their occupation, what they're and what they're doing for their communities.
0: Thank you. Uh, so, Brad and I have known each other longer than he's been a pension actuary, and there are multiple times over our career, whether that be on a golf course or over a beer or watching our favorite sporting event, that we had that specific conversation around. You know, helping the rank and file as opposed to spending, you know, the time, you know, so much of our time focused on the executives and the few at some of those Fortune 50 clients, and 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 I feel like that is such a huge strategy that we take on at Foster and Foster to really um, defend the pension plans for all of those, you know, hardworking. Uh, Americans out there whether those are police officers or teachers or electricians or plumbers or firefighters so that's something that you know is is felt throughout our firm and something that that we continue to do uh, every single day that we come to work and specifically sort of with that as our backdrop maybe Brad you can talk a little bit about sort of the specific topic of the podcast today which is an example of that happening in the state of Florida um, you know, with with it first starting a few years back.
1: Yeah, so there, there's been a a you know, and, and again, I, I don't care whether the the listeners are Republican, Democrat, or somewhere in between. Um, to me, it's really not about because um, there's there's several there's 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 lots of agendas that that each party has. Um, some of which I agree with, some of which I don't. But in any event, um, regardless of party, I am. Pro pension for sure. Um, there are there is an agenda or has been an agenda in Florida, um, typically on the conservative side that says that that uh, pension plans are a form of socialism, and that um, municipal workers shouldn't have a fundamental right to those to to pensions, and that an investment plan or a four hundred one k type arrangement. Is more appropriate, and it's and it's in the best interest of the taxpayers and the cities to not have these liabilities and and promises that they're making to these employees, um, you know, hanging over their heads, and rather just pay them um, an extra stipend into a uh, defined contribution arrangement, and uh, and and that would be it. Um, it started. Maybe even before, I'll probably I would say I, uh, Governor Scott um, under his under his reign as governor. Um, I think he put together a, a, a committee that was something like a committee to, to to get rid of defined benefit plans in the state of Florida or, or something of that sort. It was actually that direct, if I remember right. Um, and they put together a uh, somebody pr- uh, sponsored a bill that. Would close the Florida retirement system to future hires, which effectively means anybody hired after such and such date would not get a pension. They would get a a um, in, it, in the investment plan or a 401k kind of uh, arrangement. And interestingly enough, there was a they, they hired their actu- an actuary to, to to put together a 165 page report. And in that report, it showed that the that that this was going to save the taxpayers billions upon billions of dollars. Maybe it's just because I'm just don't have a lot going on, or didn't have a lot going on, or because I I would argue it's because I um, am pretty I, I'm pretty uh, impassioned about this. I read the entire actuarial study, and it turns out that there were there were some errors in it, and they were infusing losses in this in their comparison and. Long story short is that the answer was reverse. It was actually going to cost uh, billions of dollars, not save billions of dollars. And um, and and so I went and and testified on the matter. Uh, let all the powers that be, um, the heads of the unions, the 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 Senate, House committees. I notified the CEO of the company that there was a you know a, a huge blunder. I don't know whether. It was it was on purpose or not? That's not for me to opine. Um, but in any event, um, that bill died, and um, and in doing so, I became um, the not so favorite actuary of of the people who drafted that legislation, including um, then Governor Scott at the time. Since that time, at least in Florida, there hasn't been um, any legislation that has come about that's been similar. Um, really up until this year. And in, in this year, uh, a very similar type bill was, was created. And the, uh, once again, um, an actuarial firm was hired to do an analysis on the bill. And the bill showed that, uh, by and by the way, the, the, the bill was to make it so that, again, new hires would not be able to get a pension. Um, everybody in the legislature, everybody that's, that's working as a public servant today could still have that pension if they chose it. But new people cannot. It's always easy easy to, as I like to say, kill the unborn.
0: So it was basically a similar story just a few years later.
1: Similar type of analysis was put together. I drafted a a rebuttal and uh, working with some of the union folks um, at the state level, for better, for worse, the long and short is that that, that bill died in the House um, in this session after passing the Senate. So so, again, um, another attack on, on on public pensions that I don't understand. Um, whether you're Republican or Democrat, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make financial sense to me. Um, the, the When you do the math, the math shows that it's going to cost more. And furthermore, not only is it going to cost taxpayers more um, and the cities more to, to fund these plans, it's also going to provide a benefit. What the, the latest one, it was going to provide a benefit that was about, 25% as good as what they were going to get in the in pension. So they're going to pay more to get to get less. And when these when these pensioners get less, believe this or not, and I know you're up in Illinois and people that retire in Illinois might come to Florida. I don't know. But the ones in Florida that retire, they stay in Florida. And so when you all of a sudden have folks with less income that that they would have otherwise had, they have less money to spend. On small businesses and other things, there's a carryover effect, and, and it and it will be an exponential loss to the community, not just a, a direct one-time loss in terms of an extra um, contribution.
0: So it sounds like the the first time that you kind of had to defend this type of litigation, there was actually some errors in the calculations. Um, having read the report, that. Um, we put together and, and that you worked on so closely, it sounds like this time it was it was more of that it was just incomplete. That it didn't That's, right. That's right. That's right.
1: Anytime you're price. going to look at making a change to a pension and you only look at the cost implications to the sponsor and ignore the benefit implications to the member, I think you're being very short-sighted. And that's what happened here. Um, the actuarial firm mentioned that they weren't asked to do this, it, it was probably deliberate, but in any event, that wasn't done. Well, we completed the analysis for them. and you know they, they were they were given the assumptions to use. When you cut off a pension plan from new members, then you're not getting any new blood into it. and the, the plan becomes increasingly cash flow negative because you're paying out pensions. But you're not getting any new member contributions coming in and so the plan is is burning more money on an annual basis than it's than it's that it's earning or getting in the way of contributions for members and so um you end up having to change the way you invest the money and you become more conservative the plan earns less returns the plan earns less returns that means you gotta the sponsor has to contribute more and and that piece was was left out alongside as you mentioned travis The benefits to the members, um, it was a it was a complete hatchet job, and 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 gutting the fish was was not something that was that was mentioned as part of it. And and the only the only numbers prior to my my analysis were that it was going to save 0.4 percent of payroll a year. 0.4, assuming that they could make the same investment returns that they were getting before, which is false. And you were not going to be able to do that. And the actuarial firm said, eh. If we were to take that into consideration, the numbers would change materially, I think they said. And, and, and so I, I determined what materially really was and, and, and then furthermore showed just how much it was going to hurt the membership. And um, <clears throat> hopefully that at least raise some eyebrows and will prevent legislation like this from, from going forward um, in the future. And hopefully if it comes about in different states, that they'll draw upon some of the things that we came up with to help in their fights or or, or involve, involve foster and foster i'd love to help
0: yeah there's no great point and and thanks for that brad i think one of the key things you mentioned there was you know whatever the time period was between kind of these two bills that were introduced i guess one question is do we foresee that to continue in the state of florida and then the second question is other states, are they dealing with something similar or is this something that will be coming down the road? Um, can you talk a little bit about those two?
1: Well, specific to Florida, um, that there has been a conservative agenda to get rid of public pension plans. And I, I hope that changes, but it hasn't yet. It's been the, the wolves have been at bay, at least to some extent, because the markets have done well and pension costs have tended to, to fall. And funded levels of the plans have gone have gone up, and so the plans are well funded. Um, there's not any crisis, pension crisis, or anything here. With that said, there is an agenda, um, and so it wouldn't surprise me if um, legislation is is proposed in the future. Uh, but I'm hopeful that it that it that it won't be. Um, it might. You know, it's, it's as political as anything else um, across the country. I think we're almost starting to see a reversion. There have been some sit, some some states that have put in uh, defined contribution plans in, in in and closed off the pension, and the 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 results um, and the early reports from those states are it hasn't gone well, and and so uh, one of the states has actually decided to to revert back to to going to a pension. Um, in one of their plans, a couple of others are are <laughs> examining what what would it take to get to make to, to go back to where things were. That there's starting to be some real live case studies of failures uh, going from pensions to four hundred and one ks out there um, as it pertains to public sector employees. And and I think you know, <laughs> it's it's it, it's inevitable. It's it's tragic for the members because they're the ones that really end up losing in this
0: in this game.
1: And it's they don't just lose a little bit, they lose a ton.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what do you see as sort of Foster and Foster's role with this sort of trend, um, the first trend of sort of moving away from defined benefit pension plans?
1: More so than I think other actual firms is to be an advocate. Um, we've talked about it. We talk about it a lot inside Foster and Foster. We, we volunteer to be advocates um, our role is going to be to fight to the bitter end. And even when we think there's a bitter end and they've gone to a 401k, we're going to, we're going to do what we can to, to make things revert back to a pension. Um, again, the the pension is the way to go for public employees. There's just, there's a hundred reasons why they, they make sense. So we're going to continue to be a strong advocate and voice. A lot of what I do on a pro bono basis is help some of these folks out. Our firm believes in pensions. We are one of the very few firms out there that I'm aware of that has a pension for its members. So we, we, are, we put our money where our mouth is internally and externally, and we're gonna continue to do so um, for as long as there are public plans around.
0: Yeah, I think it, it really, Became clear in reading the report that you and your team had put together here at Foster and Foster um, that you know when all the facts are on the table with respect to this decision, it becomes kind of a no brainer for you know anyone who's making decisions on this. If you're being honest and really doing what is right for the member and in this case for the plan, so um, I thought that was a great point of the the report that we did was more of just filling in some of those gaps that were left out of the initial report. And um, at the end of reading that report, I would find it hard to make that decision to move forward with any of that legislation.
1: Yeah, there was a guy that used to be on the radio. Um, he would probably laugh at the concept of a podcast, but he used to be on the radio that I listened to growing up. It was like an AM station. And there, the guy's name was Paul Harvey. Some of the older people listening to this podcast might know who I'm talking about. But one of the segments he always had that I love was it was Paul Harvey's the rest of the story. And he would always, he would talk about this story and then all of a sudden he would, there'd be a zinger and that person became such and such. And you'd be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea the backstory behind this person. And then he would end the, he would end his little, his little blurb with, and now you know the rest of the story. Uh, That's really what I felt like what we were doing in this case was to tell the rest of the story because only a part of it was being told. And it was the part That was pro um, or anti-pension, the anti-pension agenda.
0: Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff by you and your entire team here at Foster & Foster. Um, Brad, want to thank you for joining us today. Um, Our listeners out there, you can hear Brad on many of our other podcasts uh, that are available out there today. If our listeners do want to get a hold of you, Brad, um, what's the best way they can go about doing that?
1: Best way is probably to email me at uh, brad.com. Heinrichs, H-E-I-N-R-I-C-H-S, at foster-foster.com, or to call my office, 239-433-5500. And I would be happy to hear from you one way or the other. And if there's anything I can do to help you in your plight to keep
0: pensions around, please give me a holler. Thank you. Well, great. Thanks again. This is Travis Smith. and I just want to thank everyone for listening and allowing us to be an integral part of your day. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening today. If you want to hear more, please subscribe to us wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Apple, or Google. For more information on how Foster & Foster helps our clients, please go to our website at www.foster-foster.com.